Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. Hello, horror hounds. This is Billy Peck, otherwise known as Zombilly, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. Welcome, Horror Hounds, to another episode of Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm host and gift giver Moose. Today's guest, well, he's an actor, writer, and musician. He's become a mainstay in indie horror, and we'll get into all that and more, but let's not waste your time with me talking about it. Let's hear it from the man himself. Please welcome Mr. Robert Lankford. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. So, how's life? How's, I mean, we've talked, I kind of know how life is, but outside <laughs> of everything recently, how's life? <laughs> life is good. No, life is good. You know, you, you get out of it what you put into it. So, I work hard and I enjoy every second of it. Little backstory, so listeners know you're uh, friends with frequent guest of the show uh billy peck oh yeah the zombelly hell yeah he's good people i love him hell yeah you know he's been on four times now and we'll be on again in the future his wife amanda was on last 13 days to talk about one of the movies you were in actually family yeah, Covenant. that was a great episode great episode so and that was one of the reasons i wanted to reach out to you because you know we got amanda's take on what it was like creating and filming and doing all that for her movie well now i can ask you as an actor from the family covenant you know what was on your side what was the experience like oh it was great um you know to be honest with you i was pretty new into the whole process myself i'd only done a couple things here and there and she was really impressive i mean she put it together and you know got a great team together and really put something out there that I think, in my opinion, it was unique. You know, I mean, there's only so many ways you can approach that sort of story. And I thought she did it with a really unique aspect and it was pretty cool. And working with her in general, you know, I've been lucky enough to know Amanda and, and Billy, uh, you know, from the music scene and everything and working with them on that. So working with them on this, it was just like, okay, tell me what to do and let's rock and roll. <laughs> and so it was, it was a lot of fun. Tell me my spot. I'll go. I'll do it. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's such a sweetheart. I mean, I really, I consider them like family to me. So when they asked me to do the part, it was like, well, absolutely. You know, let's get crazy and have some fun with it. Well, and Amanda and I talked about this. Uh, family Covenant was met with great reception. I mean, you guys sold out 
the Alamo Draft House for the screenings. I mean, oh yeah, that, that's that's crazy. That was really neat. That was a fun experience to be able to sit there and see that on the big screen like that and get people's you know immediate reflection on what they thought of my character in that. This you know you, you try to put everything into it, but your version of what you think is you know what you see versus what the public you know actually sees and experiences. That's two different things, and it's cool to see what they think. Oh yeah, and I think you know I think that goes with anything creative. It's what you're putting out. You you hope that comes across as uh, what the viewer or audience in general is picking up on, and th- exactly. those images, you know, those visions are meshing. Exactly, it's it's really cool to see that. It's a unique experience. I'm very lucky to be able to do this sort of stuff. You know, you you mentioned the music scene and looking at your music credits you you've had some pretty interesting um music experiences <laughs> uh, i've been told i should write a book but <laughs> i don't know I, it's i've been very lucky and very blessed in my life man you know i've been able to go out and tour and play with some bands and just open for bands that you know, they were my heroes growing up, you know, and so to be able to sit and share the stage with or rather open, I don't want to, you know, present anything different than that. But it was, you know, it was a great experience. <laughs> share the arena you know? with. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but it, I don't want to give anybody the impression like we were something, you know, big yeah. bands, you know, because, you know, we were the B band and I was happy with that. It was just great to be there. You know, a lot of times people were coming in going, oh, yeah, I'm on, you know, this tour and they're here to see these guys going, well, who's this guy? You know, <laughs> like that. If you enjoy the music, enjoy it. If not, well, we'll be out there to enjoy the rest of the show with you in about 10 minutes. So <laughs> it was always a fun time. But I mean, one of those specifically, you opened for Afro Man. I mean, come on. That was a blast. That We didn't know how we were going to be received. And honestly, the first, I think, two minutes of the first song, people just stood there looking at us. But by the end of the song, the place was just just into it. And it was a blast. I mean, sold out show. You can't complain with that stuff like that at all. Oh, no. You know, I mean, that's any musician's dream. And, you know, it, like I said, looking at your musical credits list, you know, it's I'm looking at three bands, um, Ox 45, Sin and uh, Rose Garden Funeral. Yep. And Sin's the one that, you know, we're talking about open for Afro Man. Yep. Um, Rose Garden Funeral, you played South by Southwest. Yeah, that well, we played the uh, Red Gorilla. Um, it, it was like a project that was going on during South by Southwest, so we didn't actually play South by Southwest, but we were down there during the exact same time, talking to agents and working with people and taking meetings and you know just playing shows. So it was a really good time. But I, you know, I don't want to give the impression it's like, oh yeah, I rock South by Southwest because sadly I didn't get to do that part. Well, and Ox Forty Five, you had. Uh, you you actually had albums in Best Buy, didn't you? Ox 45 was one of those things where it's like, you know, you hear back about, you know, 80s bands and how they get signed, you know, well, some guy just walks up and hands them a record contract. That, crazy enough, that actually happened. We were mm-hmm. playing with uh, the Lynch Mob, and one thing led to another. We did a couple of shows, and in Des Moines, we got kicked off the tour. Another snafu on contracts and blah, blah, blah. But long story short, um, we ended up in a bar drowning our sorrows and uh, had the DJ player CD and about halfway through the CD, this guy comes up from Orphan Records and is like, hey, I love you guys. Awesome. Let's talk Monday morning. 
okay, well, we thought he was a bunk, you know, just full of it. Right. And, you know, got back <laughs> home and got back to the band house and looked everything up. It was like, okay, the guy's for real. And yeah, six months later, our CD was in every Best Buy, every Twisters, every, it was, it was kind of surreal. It was neat to see that. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, right place, right time kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. The universe was looking after me that day. <laughs> I was looking at some of the, uh, clips from your uh, music scene and there's a cover that you did of one of my favorite songs when oh, you were yeah. a sin and i'm gonna play a snippet of it here So what you just listened to was, well, you singing uh, <laughs> Motorhead's Ace of Spades. Oh, well, trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm no Lemmy by a long shot. You know, Lemmy is God. <laughs> but it's an amazing version. I mean, thanks. It, it's one of those songs that I think any metalhead or rocker wants to do at some point. Whether it's karaoke or whether it's on stage as a cover. Oh, that song's just got balls yeah. all the way around. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and it's a fun tune. You killed it. Thank you. You know, because you didn't try to do like the Lemmy Growl, which I, I think really helped. You, you made it your own. Yeah, well. Like I say, man, let me as God, you can't, I think it would be insulting, you know, and I think it would be insulting to people to be like, oh, he just, he did a cover. Well, no, we gave you our version of it, you know? Right. Yeah. The boys in sin were amazing. I mean, they were a powerhouse. I got to give more credit to them on that aspect because they, they really brought that whole power and feel to life. I just was lucky enough to sing over it. <laughs> it's amazing sound, you know, between the vocals and just how everything meshed together. So kudos to all you guys. Yeah, they they deserve it, man. Let's segue over to uh, movies. I mean, we talked Family Covenant a little bit, um, but before we get into your stuff, what got you in interested in films and like filmmaking? My life has been a series of of lucky mistakes. You know, kind of like with music. Uh, this movie stuff. I knew a friend who said, "Hey, do you want to go be in this video?" And so we went and did a. I think it was Dragon's Claw. This band from, uh, gosh, I want to say Europe, pretty sweet metal band. I mean, if you haven't heard of them, I'd check it out if you're into, you know, metal and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, so we did a video with them, and the director uh, was Dustin Ferguson, and he, he and I just became really good friends. And we just started working on stuff, and he one point just comes to me and says, hey, you want to do this uh, character I've got that we're doing a love letter to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I'm like, okay, cool. And, you know, we thought it was going to be a one-off and that just kept going. So <laughs> I just kept going too. It was like, all right, let's keep doing stuff. This is fun. Well, and yeah, I mean, you kind of became a mainstay with uh, Ferguson's work. I mean, not just the like Meat Hook Massacre series, but you, you pop up in other movies that he's done. 
Oh yeah. Whenever I work with him, we don't, it's like the last time I worked with him, I think we shot uh, a movie and then like five other scenes for other movies. I mean, like he just works. He is a monster and a machine when he's working and it's, it's a pleasure. Once he gets in there, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he just, I worked with other directors and they haven't been as fun as working with him because he's always got it down. He always has a vision in his head and he doesn't waste anybody's time. So he's pretty cool. You're his Jason Muse. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. Hell yeah. I'll take that. Snoogie bougies. (laughs) Absolutely. But he's good people, you know, and he's, as much as I, you know, I keep touting his own horn, he's probably one of the reasons that I kept going with it because just working with him is fun, you know. And throughout this entire Meat Hook Massacre series, I've been able to work with different directors, have different experiences and everything. And, you know, I've worked with a couple of different directors on a couple of the d- other things locally. And I don't know, he's he's just fun. <laughs> well, and, you know, you said that it's uh, essentially a love letter and an homage to uh, Texas Chainsaw, which it is. I mean, hands down, you, you watch oh, it. Absolutely. It, it, it is. I mean, and it, it's very well made. It was made for like $100 on VHS, the original one. And he <laughs> shot, I kid you not, and he shot it like with one of those old school over the shoulder VHS cameras. I mean, he just, he had a vision and I don't think he ever expected it to people just be keep coming at us and going, we want another one. He wants another, you know. And he just kept asking me, you want to do it again? <laughs> At one point, I was literally saying, yeah, I want to be Bubba. Let me, you know, I'll drive to Texas. I'll do this. I'll go down to Arizona. I mean, it was just, it just took off. It was crazy. What was it like becoming a Leatherface-like character? Well, at first, I tried to do all the research, you know. I tried to, you know, I was, like, the very first film, I uh, I didn't talk to anybody when I put the mask on. You know, I tried to do what the original guy from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre did. I'd stayed away from everybody, and I just kind of, like, I messed with them a little bit. You know, i just sit there and stare at them and just, you know, so I never took the mask off. But over the, as the series has progressed, you know, I've kind of made him my own and evolved him into the mongoloid killer that he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're an action figure. Yeah. <laughs> you have an action I figure. I love that. I have an actual action figure of my movie character. Yeah, it's awesome. I've actually got two. I have one that is like the old school um, Star Wars ones where they're 12 inches. And that one's I've got in a nice little case. You know, I've got all my masks and everything up and I've got a nice little case there in my trophy room, so to speak. And then, yeah, they've got the actual little, you know, movable action figure with the, uh, you know, the hook and everything. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, kind of like it looks kind of like Super 7 style. Yeah. Well, and I, gosh, the the guys that make them, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but they do all sorts of stuff like that. And they're just, it's really good work. Amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. I was, I was looking at them uh, before we, before I got a hold of you. I was like, man, that's pretty epic. <laughs> and there's a video game. Uh, there's a comic book. The third movie was based off the comic book. I actually got to play my own father in that, which was weird, but fun. <laughs> So, yeah, I came out from behind the mask on that. I'm not only me, I'm my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did. And the guy that got the, uh, the the gentleman that played my you know, actually played me as a 12-year-old in there. I mean, he was awesome. He really was able to bring out the character and just the twistedness of this kid who's being raised to, you know, hunt human beings. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> nice. And you wrote the most recent one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, Bubba's dead. 
we uh like i said we kept trying to end the series and someone would come back and say i want to direct it well i want to put my spin on it and well i shouldn't say we i should say dustin you know he's the driving force in all this i'm just lucky to be able to you know portray this character so you know they kept asking him to do more and more and there was a you know i'm not going to go into the whole snafu on what happened with the last movie but ultimately it came down to hey you know here's an opportunity for you to write this if you want to do it so i I just jumped at it and you know being my first time dustin and i we worked you know a lot on it he gave me a lot of pointers and a lot of tips and i was able to produce something that i don't i'm really proud of i think it's one of the you know one of the good ones in the series that you know it stands out and it's just different and i you know that's what we tried to bring to it and i i I hope everybody's happy with it but i really enjoy it well and ending a slasher series is i'd imagine very difficult you know because you have to find the right way you know end the character and the story arc without the are they coming back exactly well and the, the cool thing about this and i'm just really honored to be a part of this whole thing because you know even though bubba's dead now there's a TV series that's based off of Bubba that uh, is going to be airing uh, New Year's Eve, as a matter of fact. And so they've got this whole series going on on that. And, you know, that's also going to be streaming a bunch of uh, the movies, I guess. So it, that should be pretty cool. I'm trying to see exactly which ones I've got here. Yeah, so New Year's Eve at 10 p.m. Central on WGUD. And then uh, it's also going to be on Fox 23. It's going into syndicate about 20 nations after that. They're doing a whole TV series. And yeah, it's really cool to see how this is growing. So even though Bubba's dead in the movies, you know, the whole series and the whole franchise is really expanding and going on still. So it's pretty neat to see. It's interesting. Something that started out as a love letter to Texas Chainsaw. Exactly. Is taking the route of Friday the 13th. Exactly. This is insane. I mean, this is, it's so cool to sit back and just watch how the fans have really embraced Bubba and they've embraced, you know, this creation that Dustin has made and they're just love it. I mean, I've get people all the time that won't address me by my name. They call me Bubba. Hey, Bubba. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, that's, you know, and it's really surreal when you're standing in a Walmart and somebody's like, Hey, you're the guy from that movie, you know, and that happened to me with family covenant too, which was really like, Okay, you know, I, I've, I've got to get back to work. So, what do you want on your sandwich? You know, <laughs> especially when they're like independent movies. You know, I mean, that's exactly. really, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot more common when it's like a big blockbuster and they're like, "Hey, I saw you in this movie," you know. But when you know that they're recognizing you from like ind like the independent circuit, you're like, "Wow, this this impacted somebody. This actually." Yeah resonated with somebody to the point where they took the time and focused on me. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's, you know, the indie horror community, I I have to say that it is probably one of the coolest that I've ever seen. You know, people come together, people really support each other. They really get into, you know, supporting these independent films and trying to make them what they can. And it's just neat to see that, you know, so you have to really give credit to that, you know, the community itself, because there's one, if it wasn't them, this just wouldn't exist, you know? Well, and that's why, you know, and listeners get a little peek behind the curtain. That's why I like to do my uh, 13 days in December is I like to do a uh, spotlight on independent works, you know, because throughout the year it's, you, know, you, you focus on, you know, 
other movies coming out or celebrity interviews, stuff like that. And the independent scene doesn't really get all the media attention. Exactly. So it's like, this is, I can give back now. This is my time to help out and bring focus to things that people might not be aware of. And there's good stuff out there too. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, there is so much I prefer, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm guilty, you know, I like the polished Hollywood look, but man, you know, I keep finding indie movies out there. That's like, I'd never even heard of this and holy cow, you know, and then I'm, I'm a huge fan and following these things too, just as much as these guys are. It's, it's great. You know, <laughs> constant discovery the, the more i get ready for uh my 13 uh days of christmas the deeper down the rabbit hole you go and you're just like wow this is out there why is this not getting funded why why is there not more right. money getting dumped into this exactly right there's so much out there and you see so much talent and you're just going uh okay we're gonna do another remake sweet all right <laughs> right you know i Thanks, mean disney no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, or like the fan films are killer. Oh yes, oh yes. They've, I've seen some really cool fan films and been lucky enough to meet some of the people that are doing that stuff too. And it's really kind of neat to see their visions. Oh yeah. A short that I watched was M for Misogyny. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. So that was actually my very first. I, I complete. Oh my gosh! I can't even know how I, I got that wrong. That was actually the very first thing I've ever done, and a friend of mine, Maddie Gripe, was who got me involved in that, and that's how I met everyone else and continued to work on. And yeah, that was so much fun. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, it's a fun little watch. Is that filmed here in Omaha? Gosh, I think it was actually in Lincoln, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I, yeah, I've been to so many locations now. I'm just—it's kind of starting to blur together. <laughs> I hate to be that guy. Oh no, it's like because I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's definitely—I know that river, but it's like, which spot on the river is it? Yeah, down in secluded, and we had to—I get permission to go back in there. But yeah, the people that we worked with were just amazing, and yeah, I think. <laughs> They, at one point, they were asking me to ad-lib things, and they're just, like, stopping and looking at me and going, okay, just stick to the script. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Got into character a little too much. I apologize. <laughs> but it's so much fun, you know? I mean, my kids call me a giant five-year-old, so this is perfect for me. I get to go and just make believe. <laughs> you too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love it. My wife says she has four kids. No. <laughs> that was originally a submission for... The ABCs of Death, wasn't it? Yes, that's what they were doing that for. Do you remember the details on all, like on how all that was going? Or, you know, honestly, with that, I showed up, I did my part, and I, you know, I didn't hear anything about it until they said, "Here's the, here's the edited stuff, and check it out, and, and do you like it?" And it was like, "Holy cow, that's great!" And after that, I, you know, continued on with music and everything else, and was just, you know, busy as usual. So. I didn't really have any part in, you know, what they were doing with that stuff. Now, you and I have different favorites of uh, which one of yours is your favorite. Your favorite is, uh, well, I guess you said it was one of your favorites. So that's House of Pain. Yes, that's a that was a great movie. That was so fun to do. I prefer Nemesis 5. And <laughs> Nemesis 5 is a really good movie. I've actually got two roles in there. I was saying mainly because I like the uh, series. 
but <laughs> oh yeah oh and i got i was lucky enough to meet sue price and work with her on a couple of things too and she's just an amazing lady oh that's awesome you you, you look at your list and nemesis five is kind of a sidestep from the other movies you were on so what would you say is the difference between working like a sci-fi movie as opposed to like a horror slasher well, a lot of times with the horror slashers, you know, there's a, I get to do just me. You know what I mean? I get to be that intimidating, raw kind of guy who's, you know, subtle at points, you know, when it's not behind the mask, but then when I'm behind the mask, it's just like, you know, I'm a character. Uh, doing that, it was really cool because I had to, you know, I had to memorize these lines. I had to, you know, contribute to the story plot rather than being the story plot, you know, if that makes sense. So you're not so much a plot device anymore. Exactly. And it was it was neat to see how everything, you know, came together, all the graphics, all that stuff, you know, recording that day. Again, <laughs> I have to give credit to Dustin Ferguson because he was so patient with me. I don't remember if we were playing the night before or what was going on, but I remember I came in with like two hours of sleep walked right into the set and was like, okay. And he was just so patient with me with the lines. Cause there were, you know, a lot of dialogue in there that is important to the script, you know, and if you don't get it right, you know, so he was just awesome to work with again on that. I keep tooting his horn, but he really is a nice guy. Hopefully uh, this time next year, I can get schedules lined up and he'll toot, I can get him to toot his horn here. Uh, there you go. So what's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie. God, I, you know, there's so many, but I think the one movie that still resonates with me, even to this day, was uh, Tourist Trap. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that that's something about those mannequin heads when they would, you know, that girl's running through the forest and she falls and that guy throws the head and it hits the trunk, tree stump and just slowly starts turning and then just screams. <laughs> I, I, that just resonated with me as a kid and it stuck to me to this day. I, it just, oh, it's a great movie. That's because mannequins are inherently creepy. Oh, it is, man. And you walk into a room of them and they all start laughing and talking and you're just like, okay, <laughs> did I take my medication? What the hell? <laughs> right. You know, I don't care how old you are. You you walk into a room full of mannequins and you're going to get a little creeped out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it ramps up when the mannequins come to life. And yet somehow we keep making movies about mannequins coming to life whether it's a comedy or a horror and it's like would you people stop oh yeah well and i mean and chuck connors you know i mean he was the bad guy in that and he he, he was you know you you believed that he was this guy who could control everything with his mind you know and you, you you got that impression that he was just demented enough <laughs> and he was just it was just brilliant it was really well played the way he played that oh yeah if you could pick a dream role, what would it be? Like, you could play oh. any role. Hmm. Then that's a hard one. I think, you know, <laughs> playing Bubba has been a dream role. Um, you know, just to be able to, you know, do that sort of serial killer kind of, you know, crazy guy. But I, w I think I'd love to do some sort of action, you know, some, you know, some sort of, uh, smoking guns, aces kind of, you know, smoking aces kind of thing, you know, just the crazy killer who gets away with it type of thing. I could see that. Yeah. You know, put a spin on it. Make the bad guy, the good guy for once. Yeah. 
that, that that'd be really fun. Before we uh, wrap this all up, you working on anything uh, new at the moment, or is everything just kind of up in the air? Well, I've got a new music project going on called the uh, Gentleman Hooligans, so we're looking for that next year. And you know, I'm always working on movies. I'm always trying to do stuff there. So I've got a couple of things coming up in the spring. Can't really talk about those yet, but uh, they're going to be pretty cool. Very epic. I think that's become my favorite phrase to hear. I can't talk about that yet. Damn NDAs. <laughs> I wish I could because I, <laughs> no, I, I am just really <laughs> jazzed about this. I mean, there's we've really, you know, and I'm going to be working with Dustin Ferguson again, and we've really been, you know, trying to get this project together. And so I don't want to talk about anything yet about it, but it's when it's when it's together, it's going to be really neat. It's awesome. You guys make a really good team. So it seems like it's going to be a uh, pretty good hit regardless of what comes out. I mean, you, you look at everything, you know, you look at your track record. I'm not sure you can go wrong. I appreciate that, man. Well, I, you know, working with him, that's the one thing too, is we do it because we like it. You know, we're not trying to, you know, I mean, he makes a living making his movies and he does it very well. So when we get to do these things together, it's like, you know, if it goes somewhere, that's cool. But if not, this was just something fun that we got to do together. And, you know, like how Meat Hook Massacre started out, you know, it was just going to be something fun. And then it just expanded into a whole franchise of, of just craziness. And <laughs> I've loved every second of it. Well, I think that's the key. You set out to do something fun and it shows on screen or it shows on stage. I agree. You know, because then it's not a chore. Exactly. It's a passion. Find something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. Coming at it from the audience side, it always comes through when the passion went into it on the creator's side. You know, you can tell watching things when people had to, felt like they had to go in and labor through something, whether it's music or movies or, you know, anything, you know, and you start to get the people phoning it in. Well, I, you know, I was lucky enough to be uh, part of the woman in the room, you know, uh, they did that, that short, you know, based off of uh, the Stephen King book uh, from night shift. And I got to work with, well, I didn't personally get to work with, but I was able to witness, you know, Sally Kirkland and Eric Russo. And you just, when you see their scenes together, it just pulls you. I mean, she is such an amazing actress and, you know, Eric is an amazing actor as well. And the, the emphasis that they put into it, the emotion that comes out of it, is just it's it's really inspiring they're amazing oh yeah you know and that, that that's the key it's uh, emotions everything and you can't fake it no no you can't it's either there or it's not it's funny because you, you hear people say oh it, it's acting you can pretend you know you can pretend to be mad or you can pretend to be no i don't, I don't think so you have people to be able to smart. tap into exactly something that makes you mad to channel yeah. mad or something that makes you sad to channel sad. You have to be yeah, able yeah. to flip that switch. Yeah, and people know, you know, and people, you know, the, the audience isn't stupid. You know, the audience keeps us, you know, honest and real, you know, they, they don't want to see fake, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's those, you know, the, those moments where they do, you know, but it's, you can't pull a fast one over on them, you know what I no. mean? You know, and in your case, you get to, tap into mass murderer 
No, so, I get to throw tantrums. It's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. It's it's one giant trick or treat for me. I just constantly <laughs> scare people, and it's so fun. And I do when I put that mask on. I just kind of mess with people and have fun with it, and I can't help it. <laughs> I'm a big kid. <laughs> you ever just put that on at Halloween and just walk around the neighborhood? I have done that. I took my uh, youngest girl for a uh, trick or treat and put it on and just walked around and watched everybody. Just, and I wouldn't go to the door with her. I just stand at the back. <laughs> With my arms crossed and not moving, just staring straight at him. And oh my gosh, it was so fun. <laughs> See, I, I don't even have to do that. I'm 6'3, about 400 pounds. And <laughs> like now that it's cold, I wear a long black overcoat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> People look at you sideways. <laughs> i enjoy i've always enjoyed it i mean come on i like i'm a sucker for attention i mean obviously i wouldn't be standing on stage or being you know right. an actor in movies you know it's fun to watch people's reactions and i get it you know it's not for the shy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's not it's not so where can listeners follow you on the social medias well i'm on facebook jason langford on facebook and, and that's that's pretty much it, you know. I don't, I'm too busy to be, you know, carrying a whole bunch of social media presence. And you know, like I say, I do this for fun. I don't do it for a living. I'm not like some of the other people I work with who have to maintain all these things. Fortunately, nice. So you just made my job easier, uh, <laughs> listeners. I will post that link in the episode description, and awesome. you can find me and other great podcasters over on electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at moose media inc robert this has been fun thank you i appreciate you having me on thank you so much oh yeah i'm glad we were able to uh get it uh knocked out and looking forward to seeing what you have coming out in the spring and get you and dustin on to talk about it you know once everything gets ironed out and you can talk about what's coming down the pipe well i appreciate you keeping me bringing me on man so i'll keep you updated first Alrighty, i appreciate it absolutely until next time, more rounds. Mash on. Later. This has been Moose's Monster Mash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>